bones are amazing things. They hold us up. They support us. They make us strong. But bones have other uses. In the past, bones were thrown by diviners, seeking out the mysteries of the future. Now the bones are cubes, made of plastic or resin. But they still reveal things to us. As they fall from our fingers and rattle across the table, the story becomes clear. Welcome to Bone Thrower's Theater, an RPG actual play podcast. Welcome back to Bone Thrower's Theater. My name is Jeff, and I'll be playing Jer Lan. This is Jeremy playing Julian Ilix. This is Aaron, and I'm playing Sam Faluge. This is Johnny playing Chime North. And I'm Jordan, and I am the Game Master. So, last time we had a commentary episode, but the time before that was a very interesting session. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a lot of reveals. There was, There's a lot of stuff that happened. 20D damage. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Everybody just remember in peace your favorite bar that you had never been to. Mm-hmm. The Slippery <laughs> Weasel. Yeah. So... The bar blew up. You found out that there is a another faction that seems to be have issues with healing hands called the Fire Drakes. Yes. A data crystal was stolen uh, with a whole bunch of names of people who were out processing from the military. And healing hands was interested in them, but so were the Fire Drakes. Also, it seems that Chime's brother, Choler, was somehow involved with the fire drinks. Yes, he had that tattoo. And the abduction of children. <laughs> what yeah. are you talking about? He said he adopted them. Yeah. We have two characters, one player character and one NPC that have missing children that fit the description. And names! <laughs> of coincidence. Surely Choler's kids. <laughs> well, Julian figured out that the heat signature that he's been tracking that was at the scene of the crime for each of the fires he has been charged with investigating has all been the same. And it is most likely the fire elemental that is bonded with his missing daughter. Yes. Who was at the scene of the stolen data crystal. What makes you think that? The same heat signature. Yeah, that same heat signature. It appeared... At each of the fires that I was asked to investigate, um, it also appeared it, it, the most recent one at Gaspard's house, and also was in his apartment when Aelin was living there. Put two and two together. Yeah. So, who wants to do what? Well, we left off with sort of that reveal for Julian of the heat signature. Yes. So, because of his quirk of paranoia yeah very big and there's a conspiracy behind everything he would seek out the person who actually hired him to investigate these fires because it's he's thinking it's can't be just a coincidence right that he's asked to investigate these fires and it also has to do with his daughter so whoever hired him knows more than they have let on that's his assumption yes so you want to go ahead and meet with the person who, who hired you? Yes. Jerilyn, is there anything that you want to do? I guess the next day he would want to try and uh, learn more from, uh, from Aspion. Julian? From Julian. Julian. 
So you want to actually meet up with Julian? Yeah, meet up with Julian and see what what's going on with his investigation, see if I can help in any way. Okay. Johnny, what would you like to do? So I guess I, uh, my next step would be to just coordinate and meet up with Sam about when what the next step is in the investigation. Okay. And Aaron? Sam was planning on heading out, waiting until evening, after dark. Okay. And heading out into the town to try to locate any of the five names that Sam has. People from the crystal. Yes. That sounds very ominous when yeah, you it say does. it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean because it's a data crystal, uh-huh. but people, people from the crystal, crystal sounds very ominous. <laughs> All right. So we will go ahead. We'll go ahead and start with Jeremy, who wants to go meet with the person who hired him to begin the investigations. Does he have an address? Because that's what he would do. We would want to go in person yeah. to talk to them okay. rather than talk on on the telephone. Telephone. Because yeah. if you notice, when he hands out his business cards, he doesn't list the telephone number. Just right. his address. Yeah, there is an address uh, listed on the business card. Okay. Uh, what portion of the city is it? That would actually be on like the one of the outer edges. We'll say outer edge of the southwest corner okay. uh, uh, quadrant, pretty close to the actual wall. Okay. So he's going to, I guess, hop on the aqua rail to head over there. He's in the, the north part of the city. Mm-hmm. And his thinking in going over there, knowing the region or the part of the city that the address is for, that either this... The address that he has been given, he's going to think is not a legitimate address, or this person is actually working for somebody else, and they don't even have a clue what's going on either. Because he would expect, if it were somebody who actually knew what it was and and put Julian on this case intentionally, mm-hmm. that they would be higher up in the social structure and probably be more towards the central location of the city, but since they're towards the outside, thinking that this is like a low-level person. Yeah. Okay. So that's his thinking going there. So he's going to approach with that thought in mind that this may be a dead end, or I may not get any useful information right from this person. So when you get there, it's an industrial area of the, of the dome. Uh, you see a lot of uh, different warehouses and, and foundries and, and businesses that are basically processing raw materials and everything like that. When you get there, uh, you see that it is Consiglio Waste Treatment Facility. Hmm. Well, what he sees is only going to bolster his line of thinking that this is not going to be a fruitful endeavor. So he's going to go and look to see if they have a front office. Sure. It does definitely have a front office. The person who's running the facility is actually your, the person who hired you, the manager of the, the waste okay. treatment facility. I guess what is his name? Uh, their name is his name is Mercia Kodorara. It sounds better, Mercia. Mercia Kodorara. So he walks in. Um, is there a reception desk? There is. Yeah. Okay. He walks up to whoever's sitting at the reception desk. Okay. Uh, Introduces himself. Says. My name is Julian Ellix. I'm a private investigator. I was hired several months ago by Merkea Kodorara. I'm here to give him an update on what I found so far. 
the executive assistant says, one moment, please, uh, picks up a telephone and calls in. Uh, yes, a Mr. Ellix here to see Mr. Kodorara. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you. He will be with you in just a few moments. Okay, thank you very much. You can see like a, a giant bay window looking out over the water treatment facility. It has a lot of, you know, a, a lot of pipes going to and from. There's also a giant tanks of water, and it looks like some of the water is like flowing down through like large gravel pits, like and filtering through that, uh, and then all the the waste is being gathered up and composted. You can see some people just going around on the floor, making sure that the levels are at a, a proper amount and, and that there seems to be a, a group of people going through actually making an inspection. The lead group, a member of that group, you do recognize him as Mr. Kodora. Okay. And he's got a little bit taller than the other people, a little bit above average height, a little husky. He's wearing a, like a one-piece coveralls. It looks like, as you can remember from previously meeting him, he's going a little gray on the temples and some lines around his eyes and everything like that, showing that he's uh, entering into later middle age. And he seems to be finishing up with the other people with the tour, uh, the, the inspection, uh, and he comes up a metal grill staircase, like an industrial grill staircase, and uh, comes on into the front office through a side door. So I would just, I yeah. guess, stand up and start to w- approach him, walk over, and say, uh, "Mr. Kodorara, have you been?" Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Do I know you? Uh, yeah, Julian Ellix. I'm sorry. I think you have, I think you have me confused with somebody else. I don't believe so. I was contacted by you several months ago. I was hired. I don't ever remember hiring an investigator. Why would I need to? Uh, the council supplies all of my needs. And he's going to pull out his credential, uh, lists on his credentials, who has hired him. And uh, this is your name right here, Merkea Kodorara. Yes, I have got this official notice that I am allowed to investigate this case from the council, which got your name on it. Let's go talk in my office. Maybe we can get this sorted out. Okay, that sounds like a great, great idea. You go into the office, he closes the door behind you, and he just comes up to you really closely after saying, would you like some hot water? Would you like some tea? I can make you some tea if you want. Uh, no, thank you. I'm going to go ahead and make some for myself. And he like turns on uh, like a carafe over in the corner, and it starts making a, a lot of noise. He's like, let's go ahead and put on some music as well. And he goes over to, like, a phonograph machine over in the corner, uh, pulls out a, a phonograph, puts it on, and, and drops the needle, makes sure that it's up really loud. Okay. And then he comes, like, across to you, closes the blinds, from that look from his office into the, into the waiting area, and he uh, says, we need to meet somewhere else. Okay. What do you have in mind? Two hours. Meet me at this address. And he hands you 
and dress for a, a station for the aqua rail. Aqua rail. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's still in the same quadrant, but it's on the opposite side of the quadrant, so it would take a little while to get there. Okay. I'm just coming for some pretty big answers. All right. Well, I'm sorry that I couldn't help you more. I hope you have a, a better chance finding uh, this person who hired you. Maybe maybe you should just hire people that you meet in person rather than, uh, you know, just hiring through correspondence. But I hope you have a great day. And he opens the door. And Julian steps out. And as he's walking out, says, for the council. Absolutely. For the council. Have a great day now. Oh, chime. Yes. You said you wanted to go meet with Sam. Sure. And it's the same time of day. This was, I would imagine, in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sam, did you uh, did you give Chime or your address or? Chime actually had my address already because he right. had That's my correct. full file. So he's able to show up to your apartment without any issue. I come over and open the door. So. Uh, good morning. Investigation. Yes, and I step outside of the apartment. And I close the door behind me. Y- yes, investigation. Um, what about it? That's what I'm here to ask you. Okay. Um, well, we have this list of names. Uh huh. We have five names that we need to try to find. Okay. I, I hand the list of names to you. Okay. Are, do you recognize any of these names? Did we have an actual list of names? That I got a list of five names from Gaspar. The night before. Well, yes, I know yes. there's a list, but, but did we actually have the names? Five names for people. Uh, no, we don't. Um, yeah, so. yeah, that's, <laughs> I don't so. that's why I'm asking. Does do you <laughs> recognize? <laughs> recognize all the names. You might actually. You might because they're all transitioning. Yes. Which would be very interesting if all five of them were in his caseload. That would be. That would Ooh. be. Ooh. Because I handle the special That cases. would be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> what? <laughs> it would be interesting. It would be very interesting. How many of the five names do I recognize? Two. The dice have deemed itself. Yes, I recognize two of these names. Okay. And one of them... One of them was yours. Yes. Well, two besides yours. Okay. Okay. So, do we want to go try okay. to find these people? Well, finding them... Maybe a little bit more difficult. I don't remember people's addresses for every case I handle, of course. Okay. I don't have full access to all the records at the moment. Maybe we can check a phone book. That's a start. We can start with Corwin Fell. Corwin Fell. Okay. That's one of the ones I recognize here. So let's go find a phone book. You mean you don't have one in your apartment? No, I do not. I don't have a phone in there. I don't have anything in my apartment. Are you telling the truth? No. Is that a persuasion? <laughs> yes. 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 That would that would definitely be a persuasion roll. So whatever roll perception. Yeah. Okay. I would go ahead and roll perception. Six. I got ten. Okay. Oh, eleven. You're like, oh, you've got to have a phone. Yeah, gotta everybody a phone has a phone. Book. They get The phone books get delivered in the mail. It says, standard council issue. Okay, you caught me. I just don't want you in my apartment. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> when lies don't work, wait and uh, see. <laughs> so do we want to go find a phone book? Well, how about you just go inside and get yours? 
Okay. I'll go I'll, I'll go inside and grab mine. Wait here. How about some chairs so we can sit outside and look at it? I only have one chair. I do only have one chair. This is the truth. <laughs> Very well, then. Uh, wait here one moment. I'll, I'll go grab the phone book. Okay. A couple questions for you. Your apartment. What level of the high-rise is it on? Third. The third floor. Okay. Is it looking out to the rest of the, the city, or is it facing a courtyard? It is an interior with no with no window. Or do all apartments have windows? They all have windows. Okay, then it is facing a courtyard. Okay. It's on fire. What do you have in your apartment? I have a chair and a table and a food, like a fridge, um, and one bed. It's, it's a studio. Okay. What do you have in there that you don't want him to see? I have no idea yet. The bodies. <laughs> the, 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 there's the a, cats. <laughs> the cats. Uh, it, it's just more of a sense of privacy. Okay. Um, I do not like to be have my space invaded, and I do have some of my, you know, I have my clothes and I have my disguise stuff in there. Um, the stuff that lets me pass for a man is all in there as well. It may not be immediately noticeable, you know, in some storage, in some, in like in a trunk, like a my still my military trunk. Um, so that's all there. Okay. In your kit. Yeah. So it may not be immediately noticeable, even if someone you know looks at a disguise kit. It's not like a rubber nose and glasses, <laughs> bushy eyebrow glasses. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> so that's Standard what is in my military. <laughs> so I go in and I grab a phone book. Okay. You bring the phone book back out. Yep. Uh, we look up Corwin Fell. What does his listing say? It has a name, obviously. It also has like a uh, like the the phone number that has been assigned by the council. The phone number just happens to be the same thing as your serial number. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> that's scary. It's on base. Because he is not yet completely separated. Wow. That explains why I recognize his name. So we have an address as well. We want to go find him? Well, we uh, let's start with giving him a phone call. Okay. Arrange a meeting. Do we have, like, cell phones, or is it just... No, no cell phones. Landlines only. Remember, this is very militaristic state. Okay. And uh, also, everything is powered by elementals that are yeah. captured into a device. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So how do we want to call him? Well, there's a phone right on the other side of the door. Do we want to find a, a, a payphone or... So you're not too far from city center where the base is. Correct. How long does it take to walk to the base? We said that the military base was not far from the fire station. The fire station was a half-hour walk. Yeah. Yeah. So... Like 45 minutes plus? I'm closer to an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. An hour and a half. So we would, if we wanted to go to base, we'd probably take the aqua rail. All right, let's go to this cafe down the street over here. Okay. Since you uh, obviously treasure your privacy very much. Thank you for that. It's a little bit disconcerting. Might be why you've had some issues fighting work. Are you talking as? A partner in investigation or as my counselor in separation? As your counselor in separation. Okay. But as far as the investigation goes, let's go to a cafe here and make a phone call before we truck all the way downtown. That sounds like a good plan. All right. So we go to the cafe. Okay. Coffee. 
make a phone call. No response on the, the phone line. You can tell by, from the number, it's the phone at the end of the hall in the barracks. It's not like an individual phone. Okay. And since it's, so it's a barracks number. Yeah. I remember off the top of my head here what division Corwin worked in. He was coming across my desk and uh, could have only been a limited number of places. Go ahead and make a roll for that. Uh, that would be a knowledge roll because it's, it's related to your job. Ooh. I got five. Mm. Yeah. You would have to look at his file to know, really. Well, while we're here with the phone, let's go ahead and try Crom uh, Delby. So I would open up the phone book, look up Crom Delby. See uh, another on-base number, or...? No, that one's off-base. Okay. I punch in the number, and what do I get? Delby Residence. Yes, I'm looking for uh, Mr. Crom Delby. Oh, I'm sorry. Mr. Delby's not available right now. Uh, can I take a message? Uh, yes, please tell him that Lieutenant North is trying to reach him. Lieutenant North. All right, uh, is, uh, I'm Mr. Delby's wife. Is there anything I can do to assist? No, no, I just have a few simple questions for him, that's all. Well, I hope that it does, it doesn't have anything to do with his separation. He's been very loyal to the council. Oh, no, it's not, no question about that. It's, it, I'm just following up with him after his separation, that's all. It's standard practice. Is there a number I can I can call have him call you back at? Yes, yes. And um, I give her my personal number. All right. Well, thank you. I will have him return this call this evening. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. You too, Miss Delby. <laughs> For the council. Quick. Oh. Hmm. Well, I uh, relay this information to Sam that uh, not home at the moment, and his wife was a little uh, frantic. Should we say, worried about what the council's opinion is of her husband? Do we want to go check on them? Not at this point. Eventually. Okay. Let's see if he calls me back first. So, we get no answer at Corwin's, and Crom is also missing. No. Or Crom was not available. Not available. Yes. Corwin was on base, so it's not surprising. Yeah. He's not necessarily available. He may have been on duty or... You, you know it's like living on base. Yeah, and you said it's a, it's a barracks number, yes. so it's possible that uh, that no one was there. Yes. Well, in the middle of the day, you wouldn't have very many people in the actual barracks. No. Or in the only ones that are yeah. off shift. Yeah. That work overnight. And they would be the so do we want to try to see if we can find any of the others? Well, we can certainly look them up. Uh, I don't have any personal contact with any of them. I don't know any of them personally by any means. Whereas the other two I have had interviews with. We know we know that they're all separating. So we can always play that angle. Yes. Um, however, they would know who their separation officer is. They might not know if their separation officer was being reassigned. It's what the rank is and what the position is. What are Corwin and Crom's ranks? Corwin is a specialist. Crom is actually a um, warrant officer. Hmm. Are they structured similar to ours? There's different ranks of warrant officer? Yes. W03. Ooh. Seniorish warrant officer. Which is why he came across my desk. Yeah, warrant officers go from one to five. 
so he's just in the And the only way to go from four to five is by killing another five. <laughs> in the name of the council. Of course. No, no. I think that's a little aggressive there, buddy. Oh, no, I was talking about real life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hmm. Well, it's always worth a worth a shot to try to find one of them. I I still have not told you about uh, the fact that I am currently not working. Correct. All right. Uh, well, by all means, I'm, go ahead and try to give him a call so you can find out. I'm going to grab some breakfast here. Okay. I'm going to attempt to call Selman Farrar. Okay. Their number is their name is not listed in the phone book. Yeah. Well, then I'll go to one. Das. Das Tremaine? Mm-hmm. And I try to call Das. It sounds like a very raspy voice. Very sleep deprived. Hello? Uh, hi, Das. Um, my name is Sam. Do I know you? Not that I know of. But I wanted to talk to you about a business venture. It's going to have to wait a few days. Um... I just got a job working nights, and I'm not available at the moment. So, my first day off is in about three days. What kind of business venture is this? Well, it's one that I imagine you've actually already been approached about. Has my colleague spoken to you yet? Uh, come again? <laughs> Has my colleague spoken to you yet about a recent job offer? I mean, I just got a job. I... How long have you been in your current position? I just got this job about three months ago. So you're telling me that no one else has contacted you about a job with my organization? No. Does it work days? It does. I'll think about it. <laughs> Is there a time that I would be able to meet with you? It sounds like you were in the middle of sleep. I could be over this afternoon or this evening. I told you. I assure you, you are going to want to hear the offer we have. Go ahead and try and persuade them. That's why I'm making you roll it. I love persuasion. Four. Not persuaded. Okay. Um, in three days' time, I will give you a, a call back. Would you like to set up a meeting now for three days? In three days? Uh, yeah, but... Make it, like, late at night at an all-night diner. That would be perfect. I, uh, I know of a number of all-night diners. Um, we can meet, actually, what's the name of the diner we're standing in? Seven Stars? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's good. The Showster. Would you like to meet at the Showster? Do you know, do you know that diner? It's all the way across town. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, what part of what part of town do you live in? I live in Victory Terrace. Okay. Uh, well, I can meet you over uh, at a place over there. What's the uh, um, What's your local all night diner? I don't get up to your part of your part of town very often. Counselor's Choice. Okay. I'd be more than happy to meet you at the Counselor's Choice. Let's say three days at um, one in the morning. Sure, that sounds perfect. All right. I'll talk to you then. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, you made more progress than I did. <laughs>
There's one more name on that list. What's that name again? Oh, yeah, oh, Sam. That's mine. <laughs> so what's our next step? What's our next move? I'd say we wait till this evening and see if uh, Crom calls me back. Okay. That's good, because, you know, evening's a better time to, to, to work anyway. So what are you going to do in the meantime? Um, I'll just go home and wait for a phone call, see if he calls me back, and uh, see if just do my uh, exercises, as the therapist calls them. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to go ahead and uh, see how Jerryland is doing. Rashomon, a land where spirits roam and witches rule. Three women are embroiled in a divine plot, and it is up to them to uncover why. Join the adventures of the Broadswords at thebroadswords.com. And we're back. So, Chair. Yeah. Today's your day off. Yep. What do you normally do on a day off? Laundry. <laughs> I don't want to do anything that would make me stand out. Nothing to stand out. Okay. Yeah. I am in hiding, so. That and I've learned that gaining attachments to people just leads to bitter sorrow. Because everyone dies in the end. Except for me. And other members of the, uh... Other members other, of the healing hands. Yes. <laughs> what did you just write? Jer is hella depressed. <laughs> Poor Jer. But he's he's just gonna work on his laundry and then uh, see if he can find out what uh, Julian is up to, because he's rather intrigued by his theory and investigations, having dealt with fires for the past five years. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna head over to uh, Julian's place. So Julian was actually on the other. He was down in the yeah, southwest quadrant. Town. So. Well, this would be like afternoon before oh, I got over there. Because laundry takes all morning. Okay. So do you think you would be back by the afternoon? or? Uh, depends on what happened at the meeting with uh, Marquea. Yeah. So I guess we'll, Probably have to, not. we'll have to find out what's <laughs> going on with that. Jared lives near the fire station? Uh, he actually has quarters in the fire station. The chief does come up and, and knocks on your door. Hello? I know it's your day off, yeah. but that guy from the hospital. <laughs> He's back again? He keeps calling for you. <sighs> Can you at least just go over and see him? Just just calm him down? I, I already know what he wants. Next time you see that it's him calling, just hang up on him. I'm, I'm done with him. He's... Well, here's the thing. That... Donation that he wants to make. I don't think it's a good idea to take him off while he's still in the hospital. Fine, I'll talk to him about that donation. Wonderful. Appreciate your willingness to help out. For the council. For the council. So he's gonna head over to the hospital then. When you get to the hospital, you can hear, like, when you when you go to the floor where Gaspar Neri is, you can hear like yelling from the end of the hallway. It's a very stark hallway. Everything is is very clear, clean, uh, very bland colors. 
no decorations on the walls, um, not even like a wood paneling or anything to, to no chair rail or no, anything. Nothing. And it seems that in the daytime, it, it's fairly quiet on this floor because it's not like the emergency room where everybody's mm -hmm. running around. Um, it's just mostly like nurses going back and forth. Recovery rooms. Yes. So the you can hear like yelling, no, I won't eat that food. You are trying to poison me. I sigh and walk down the hall towards the yelling because I know who it is. I get to the room, let him wail out at the... Uh... So it's an orderly with a plate of food. <laughs> yeah. And finally, they're like, all right, that's it. You don't have to eat it, but we expect an empty plate within 45 minutes, and we'll be back to pick it up. Jer, my old friend! We're not friends. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you've been bugging the fire department about me. Still. I don't know anybody else to trust. Who did you trust before? Can't talk about that here. People are listening. I'm just saying think about them instead of me. As far as I know, they're all dead. Well, then why would I want to get involved in this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in hiding. <laughs> but you're still alive. Yeah, I want to keep it that way. I swear they're trying to kill me here. Why would they be trying to kill you at the hospital, where they heal people? It's a conspiracy. They saved your life. Do you normally take, like, meds that help no. with your... No, no, no. See, here's the thing. <laughs> they know. The fire drakes know where I am now. I've, I've seen their agents. Are you sure it's their agents? Who else would it be? Uh, the orderlies that work here? Mm-mm. The nurses that work here? Mm, no. The doctors that work here? No, no. A poor sick person walking down the hall? No. I... It's a hospital, man. If you're trying to kill someone after you've stolen from them and they're injured, where do you think they would go? Aruba. <laughs> Wherever their base is so that they, they already took what they needed, right? Yeah, but you... The firefighters, council praised, brought me here. <laughs> and they're not letting me leave until they say I'm all better. Yeah. So that means our drakes, they can track me down. I don't understand why you haven't changed your name over the years. Well, I did three times. You should have kept it changed. Well, I rotate every 20 years or so. Please, just stay with me. Just for a few hours. Just, I, I haven't slept in a while. And I just need somebody to just see here that I can trust by the bed so that I can sleep. Fine. Eat your food first. How do I know that they haven't poisoned it? I don't know. Why would they poison it? Again, why would they poison it? Because they're everywhere. They want us dead. Like, not just me, but all of Healing Hands. You understand that this is why I've been hiding. You understand this is why I need you. Fine. He takes a bite of the food to see if it's poisoned. It's great. Oh, that's surprising. Look, I'm not getting sick. <clears throat> Eat up. I'll give it a few minutes. <laughs> 30 seconds later, he's convulsing on the floor dying. <laughs> Anaphylactic <laughs> shock. Bee venom. Oh. <laughs> no, nothing that bad. <laughs> We'll go ahead and transition over to Julian. 
So he's just going to venture up to the aqua rail platform okay. and wait for Merkea. Okay. Is it a particularly crowded station? It's actually fairly empty. There's only a few people who seem to be coming and going. Is that typical for this area of town and time of day? Because it's two hours, maybe roughly 11 o'clock? Yeah. It's a fairly remote area because okay. you're so far towards the wall it's not like a center of, of a lot of business and activity a lot of the jobs that happen here actually occur like in, in night shifts and also a lot of the jobs are 12-hour shifts and stuff like that so you do see some workers coming through that look like they're transitioning uh, but it doesn't look like the kind of place where you would see a lot of business people uh, not a lot of white-collar people uh, not a lot of high-ranking individuals. And also, it comes in waves. Like, Aqua Whale only comes, like, once every 20 minutes or so. And so those people who do arrive will, while you're sitting on the platform, all the people who gather there will get on the train, and then all the people who get off the train are going on to their destination. Okay. On the platform there are benches that are are facing like one facing towards the incoming traffic and one facing towards the outgoing traffic it's a very standard mm -hmm. train platform so mm -hmm. where are you in the train station just just sitting there waiting so Merkea Kuturara comes and he sits down on the bench behind you so you're on one end of one mm -hmm. bench and he's on the opposite end and he actually pulls out a, a newspaper and he opens it up starts reading don't look at me <laughs> okay please don't come to my office again you don't know who's going to be watching um, apparently I didn't have all the information for this case when it was brought to me if I'm going to actually do my job I need to know everything. What do you know that you didn't relay the first time? That's such an open-ended question. I don't even know how to address it. Who are you working for? I'm a member of the council. I'm just a low-level dignitary, but we're all members of the council. When you say we're all members of the council, out of scene real quick, no one is supposed to know who is on the council. Uh, well, okay, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm talking about, like, because you said that you have a council authority to mm -hmm. do your investigation. As of the manager of the waste treatment facility, he is technically part of the governing body of the... So he's a government official. Yes. But just not... He's not actually the on council. the council. The council, okay. right. All but right. He, he works for the council, like, in that regard. Because <laughs> Julian was about to be like... Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is not going to end well. That's a whole spoonful of nope right there. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. this case is not for me. <laughs> spoonful. Tubful. <laughs> Alright, so, so you're saying somebody higher up has asked you to ask me to investigate this? No. It, the, the investigation doesn't have anything to do with my job. So you're just a gopher for somebody else, is what you're saying. No, this the investigation is for me, but it's not official business. Okay, but why me? 
again, because you know more about this than you let on initially. Because of who took your your daughter. And who is that? Because I've been hitting brick walls trying to find that out. Well, I think it was the arsonist, but he's really hard to track down. Have you ever heard of Cholor uh, North? No, I have not. He's a particularly dangerous individual. Part of an organization called Fire Drakes. Okay. Fire Drakes I am somewhat familiar with. That has come up in the investigations. So you're saying you had prior knowledge that the Fire Drakes were the ones that have abducted my daughter. You came to me with a case and mentioned nothing of this? My superiors deemed it you need to know. Well, that's why I'm, I'm coming to you, because this is... What is the purpose of this investigation? Because obviously, I don't know, if you hand-selected me or someone told you to recruit me for this, someone knew to put me on this case. What is the purpose? It's obviously not just to find somebody who's starting fires or some things. Well, I'm trying to play both sides of the deck here. My job, my profession, is uh, at the water treatment facility. But I'm a cell member with Healing Hands. They've heard of people with similar abilities to what you've exhibited in the past. So they thought that you would be uniquely suited. Obviously, Healing Hands knows my knows more about me than I do about them. Why not approach me directly? And then this roundabout way, oh, investigate these fires that just seem very curious when actually you guys knew some of the inner workings behind these fires and also knew to put me on the case because of my personal involvement already with it. And obviously not, I don't think all of your organization in Healing Hands knows about this investigation. You're correct. We're very decentralized. Okay, well then, since I've already interviewed one such person, what about Gaspard Neary? Yes, he's more centralized. What about him? I met him and interviewed, asked him some questions, found out some more very interesting things about this case. He also is missing a child. His son? Yes. That means they're, they're getting more aggressive. My point in bringing him up is in the brief conversation that we have, he didn't seem like he had prior knowledge of who I was and why I was asking questions. I said need to know. There are different cells doing different things, and just because one cell is asking you to do something, that doesn't necessarily mean that all of Healing Hands will know what you're doing. Okay, well, the more information that I am deemed need to know, the more information that I can relay back to you. So by saying that I don't need to know certain parts of this investigation is crippling me in what I can actually find out. All right. So, (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Yeah. So basically what I'm saying is if it's not your decision to say that I need to know information, I need to speak with whoever's making those decisions because I do, in fact, need to know. He takes a long time to answer. Actually, turns the page in the newspaper he's pretending to read. Looks at his watch, 
checks the schedule of the trains to see when the next aqua rail is coming and then sits back down i can only provide the information that i know i will go ahead and try to talk with some of the higher ups to see if i can get you more information about what you're looking for but as far as i knew at this point when i hired you i gave you the information that i knew that there was an arsonist they, they even kept that information from me that they thought it was related to the fire breaks at first that they they thought that it was either a, a rogue agent or maybe even somebody who was from the council like a, a soldier or something hunting us down Okay, I guess if you have to go report back to get approval to get more information to relay, you can put it to them this way. I have enough information to deem this my own personal investigation. So if you guys want anything out of it, the ball's in your court. Feed me information or I'm on my own. And he stands up, looks around for the council. For the council. This crumb Delby over called me back. So a few hours go by, you don't receive any phone calls, but you didn't really expect one because she said it was going to be later in the day. Yeah. But you do hear a knocking on your door. I look through the peephole. What's your brother? Interesting. Is there anybody else with him? Looks like you could see two heads under, like, lower down. I open the door. Roller. Uh, what an... Unexpected surprise. Well, I thought that things went well the other day. and y Yes, they did. You know, we you said you wanted to meet my kids, so I thought I would uh, I'd stop by and introduce you to them. Well, that's great. Thank you. So, I introduced myself to you. What's your name? To the boy first. Oh, my name is Abel. Abel. And yours? Aelin. Abel and Aelin. And so you're living with uh, Choler now, my, my brother? He's taking good care of you? Mm-hmm. Good. I'm glad to hear it. You have toys. I'm afraid I do not. I haven't ever had any children here before. The candy? Uh, let me see what I can find. I go in my kitchen and see if there's maybe some, some old ribbon candy or something. Yeah. Well, you find some, like, hard candy like peppermints. Old stale peppermints. Yeah. I get take the handful of hand it to. <laughs> They're kind of chewy at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you hate it? Like when does a peppermint hard candy gets... ever get yes. chewy? Yes, it does. It does. Yeah. Like, I've never it had absorbs... that. You're never letting it get chewy. Yeah, it absorbs <laughs> moisture from the air. Yeah. But it does. And like starts to stick to your teeth and yeah. all that. Yeah. It gets really gummy. So yes, I hand them a, a handful of uh, stale mints. Oh, I come in, I guess. Uh, I was uh, waiting for a phone call, but I have a few minutes to chat, I guess. Thank you. They come inside. Um, sit down. Did I get you anything to drink? Some water would be nice. Sure. It's always nice to cool down. Yes, yes it is. I go get him uh, the biggest glass of ice water I can. I don't need a pitcher. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I just make sure Toller's glass is very full of ice. Yes. Like, as soon as you hand it to him, it, it seems like condensation just starts coalescing around the exterior of the glass. Well, Toller, I, I'm very happy to see that you uh, 
you're getting your, or you have gotten, I should say, your temper under control from before. I never had a temper problem. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, maybe it was just towards me, but... No, I thought you were great. You're a little quiet, but... I always loved how you looked up to me. Yes, okay. All these different scenarios where Choller is just like pinning him on the ground or like sitting on him or getting ready to jump on top of him from a height. Or yes, you always just like he knocked him on the ground and he's looking up to you. Yeah, physically looking up to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, standard mean big brother things. <laughs> sitting on you and farting on your face. Yeah. Kind of stuff. I never had a brother. Uh, until I was until I was a lot older, so I never did any of those really mean things to you. You did a couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy you remember it that way. Yeah, it's not a big place you have here. Oh, what can you say? Yeah, you know, government housing. Then don't you think that you would get a better paycheck if you went to the private sector? Oh, I'm still enlisted. Still enlisted, huh? Yes. What, are you looking to make a career out of it? Oh, no, no. I just have another year left. Then you'll be hot into the mar market. Yeah, I'll find something. Out of the frying pan into the fire. So they say. So, yeah. Have you found anybody interesting? No, no. I've been pretty focused on work for the past six years. Right. I mean, I'm sure you remember what it's like to be enlisted. They keep you pretty busy. You know, it really it was a, a really great time in my life. I Did I ever show you the Medal of Honor I got? No, I didn't know you received one. Yeah. Uh, it was for valor in combat. Wow. Yes. Well, that makes sense. You, you've always been intelligent in the way you approach things. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I, I I feel proud that I was able to teach you so many things. Like, I feel proud that I was able to teach you things like how to have like a a truly outgoing spirit and how to how to grab a your career by the horns and and really make things happen. Yes, you you've definitely showed me how to make things happen. Hmm. Not necessarily always the best things to happen, but things do happen. Yes. I forget. Did, did you say you were married? Oh, that's a funny story. Yeah, I was married for a while. Things didn't work out. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, thanks. I guess it wasn't... You weren't married for very long, guys. I guess. A few years. Yeah. For a, a better future for you, then, in that regards. Aileen comes in. Do you have an orange? Do I have an orange? <laughs> Nope, no oranges. I have a banana. Okay, can I have one? Sure. Here's a banana. Do you need me to peel it for you? No, it, it should be fine in the skin. She takes it in and runs off to the. Oh wait, no. Um, can I have a pan? What for? You don't need a pan to eat a banana. How to play with it? I look at uh, Toller. What is she talking about? 
She's been practicing a thing with her and Abel. Okay. Um, you want to show me what you do with the pan? Sure. Uh, can I, Daddy? Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Show him. It'll, it'll be fun. All right. Abel, come here. So Abel comes in. All right. Go ahead. So they put the this pan on the ground, and I'm imagining it's a, like a cast iron skillet type of thing. Okay. Um, they put the banana in the middle of it. How far? Great. Mm, no. Oh, that would be smelly. Yeah, do it anyway. Okay. And Abel goes to stand on one side, and Aelin goes to stand on the other. Three, two, one. And they both put their hands out, touching thumbs together, and their fingers uh, held together. So it kind of looks like a W. And out of both the tips of their fingers on both sides comes like a half circle going around the pan. For Abel, it looks like salt. And for Aelin, it's fire. And when the two hit together, there's like a small dome that forms over the banana. And you can see on the inside, it starts to wither. It looks like it's decomposing in front of you. The banana just shrivels up and decomposes and turns into a black husk. And they stop. And all of a sudden, this smell of like a rotten banana that's been out in the sun just kind of... (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy just made a nasty gross face because he feeds bananas to start with. Oh, yeah. Rum bananas are worse. Rum bananas. You said rum bananas? No, I said rum. <laughs> oh, I thought you said rum. I thought you said rum too. Why mix Got rum with rick. banana? Why not? No. That's what I'm saying. No. That's why not. That's how you get rum a good. Uh, banana's uh, bad. Margarita. <laughs> so, alright, uh, well, they do that, and uh, John just kind of takes a step back and sits down. He's like, uh, very interesting. Uh huh. Have you always been able to do that? We've been practicing. For how long? Oh, the banana's now three weeks older. Excuse me? Uh-huh, three weeks. And we'll end it right there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bone Thrower's Theater. Thank you for listening to Bone Thrower's Theater. Our cast is Aaron, Jeff, Jeremy, Johnny, and Jordan. We are releasing this podcast under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. That means that you can share the podcast, but please do not modify it or try to gain financially from it. If you would like to visit our website, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater.com. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at bonethrowerstheater. And also you can look us up on Facebook. And until next time, may the bones fall ever in your favor. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.